Hi, I'm Paul Stringflow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, it's all about bringing us closer together as we take a look at the work of the Onook community. So, sell back and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Paul Stringflow and welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. So, on this week's show, we're taking a look at um, a question that always interests me, and that's the idea of that we have lots of technology vendors in our industry who are coming up with solutions and developing solutions all the time. Um, and then we have lots of enterprises who have business problems and, and IT problems to solve. So, how do we know that the vendors and the enterprises are talking to each other and that they're developing solutions that are appropriate to meet the problems of the enterprise. So what's a good way of doing that? Well, one way of doing that is maybe trying to put those two groups together in kind of a user group, an influence community. Um, so recently I came across a group that I've not come across before uh, whose aim in life is to do that exactly for the large and medium enterprise to make sure that they get access to vendors and can help to shape that vendors are doing exactly the right thing and meeting the real challenges that enterprise come across. So I thought that'd make a great, uh, great subject for this week's podcast um, and an opportunity to learn a little bit more about that myself and hopefully uh, for the viewers and listeners, uh, some something for you to pick up on as well. So um, so to help me to jo- join that, uh, to, to discuss that, I'm joined this week by uh, Nick Lippis. Nick, how are you doing? How, how things? I'm excellent, Paul. Thank you. Hi. Nice to be here. And hi, everyone in the tech stringy community. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, I never thought of having a community. But yeah, so if there is one, please let me know and give me a wave. That'd be lovely. Um, so, uh, well, Nick, look, uh, before we jump into the subject, um, thank, thanks for being on Tech Interviews. Uh, it, it's always good to have somebody who does something that I know nothing about, um, because uh, as we say, every day is a school day. Um, so, But before we jump into kind of what your organization does, um, why don't you give us a little bit about who you are, what your background is? Okay, um, sure. Well, uh, an engineer by kind of training, um, and um, I am one of the co-founders and co-chairs uh, of Onug. And uh, so uh, Onug is a uh, community, as you mentioned, of uh, large enterprises, kind of the medium to large enterprise community. And and um, and Paul, you're right. You know, it's like what the community is really focused on doing is um, providing use cases and interacting uh, with the vendor community. To, um, to make sure that the vendor community is addressing some of the big challenges that they have. And everybody is really confronted with huge challenges today. So that's my background. Also, for about, uh, about 25 years, I was an uh, independent uh, industry analyst um, in the marketplace. And so uh, I've been around for a while. <laughs> well, that, that I didn't like to say. Um, so, um, yeah, but, but so, so, so I think it's, it's a really interesting area that you, that, that uh, Onug works in, and you know, and, and it's an interesting aim that you've got. Um, so, so, what was the background behind uh, setting this setting this kind of user group up, this community up? You know, what where, where were you seeing some of the um, some of the shortfalls, and, and, and kind of what are you guys hoping to hoping to achieve? And, and perhaps a little bit because you've been around a little while as well. This is not something that's brand new. You know, you, you've been a, a, around a little while, so you know. So, so, kind of what was the context of that? You know, what what had you seen? What what are you trying to solve? Okay, yeah. So, well, actually, uh, so Onig was started uh, in about 2012 timeframe. It was myself and Ernest Lefner. Um, Ernest at the time was at uh, Fidelity. And um, we had um, talked actually at another conference. And the issue uh, of where does um, where do IT executives go to talk with others um, to learn best practices, challenges, so they can avoid major pitfalls are going down cul-de-sacs of technologies that are a waste. So that was really the, the impetus. And uh, one of the big backdrops to that was that 
during the 2008 timeframe, uh, when we all were suffering from kind of the, the Great uh, Recession, was there had to be some massive changes that a lot in, especially in the financial services, had to make. And, um, and so when they were um, talking to their vendor community about making these changes, the vendor community would come back to them with a normal response saying, okay, sure, that'll, you know, we can do that. You know, it'll, it's going to be about $30, $40 million to do it. And, um, and so they got um, tired of that response. And so they realized that the only way to change an industry and to bend a curve is that they can't do it alone, even with the largest of corporations, like your Bank of America or your Barclays, you know, or Boots or, you know, uh, B, uh, BP, what have you. You have a certain amount of influence you know, on the vendor community, but really only around price. So you can get what they're offering at a lower price because of your size and your scale. But you can't really influence them in terms of changing the, the way that they're approaching the market. And that was really the impetus uh, for ONU. It's can we band together as a community, aggregate our requirements, communicate them, um, and then start buying based upon those. And so in that regard, you can start to actually bend the curve. And so at ONU, we've used this to introduce new markets, like, for example, the software-defined networking marketplace really started at ONU. We invented the software-defined wide area space. And back in 2014, we started talking about hybrid cloud um, as a main mean for the large enterprise to start uh, engaging in cloud consumption. And then uh, shortly after that, it was really around multi-cloud. So anyway, sorry, I don't mean to have this really long explanation about what we do. That was uh, um, too long. So um, anyway, hopefully that was uh, enough background. You know, that's fair. That's a great explanation, I think. And, you know, and I, I think it's, it, it's hugely important. It's it's often an area that um, that, that we can forget in that people who, who head up enterprises, who are involved in, um, you know, developing IT strategy, who are seen as the, the head of IT within an organization. You know, for a lot of those users, I think sometimes they, they, they have this real problem of who do I speak to? You know, the people that work for them expect them to know all the answers. The people that employ them expect that they know all the answers. Who do they go and speak to? And I think building these kind of communities is is hugely important and hugely valuable. Yeah. No, well, thanks. I think, you know, for example, we look at some of our board members and, you know, OK, well, you know, one of the first questions is why do you want to become a board member at ONUG? And uh, and I think um we always get this one response, you know, among other things, but the key response is to amplify my voice. And so like they can communicate and they can advocate for certain feature sets or what have you from the vendor community, uh, but that only goes so far. And there's a lot of lip service that gets served to them. But if all of a sudden like five or 10 companies were saying the same thing, then that's a little different. You know, and so so they uh, they're able to amplify their requirements. And that's that's a key uh, component of ONU. And this is really this is not about, um, you know, um, you know, um, us versus them, like buyers versus sellers. It really is a community um, to interact, collaborate, um, to chart a new course. Is there friction? Absolutely. There's always friction because the vendor community has products that they want to sell today. Um, and as a user community, you're talking about what you need, um, not with what's being offered today. So there's always that little out of phase um, discussion um, that happens uh, within ONU. 
Um, but, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, the when you have new companies coming in, like a whole bunch of startup companies uh, that are now developing new products, they tend to do really, really well uh, within ONUG. And we're really proud of some of the companies that that really they, they launched at ONUG and they've had really great outcomes. Companies like Viptela uh, and VeloCloud and Avi Networks and um, Veriflow and Thousand Eyes. Uh, big, um, big parts of this community and had really great outcomes. And we're happy about that. We want that to happen. They started here uh, and they got acquired by whether that was Cisco, VMware, Google, or what have you. And that's goodness from the ONUG's community point of view because, all right, now that those large corporations can address their requirements better. And so um, it's a win-win for everyone. But sometimes the journey is a little painful for some. (laughs) So, Nick, I think that's really interesting. And something you said earlier on that really caught my attention was that idea of, you know, enterprises will be going to vendors with problems and vendors would turn around and say, well, $40 million and we can sort that out, you know. So, of course, they would like that idea. Um, But I'm interested when you approach them about the user community in Onug and what what you were looking to set up, you know, what what was the vendor's reaction? You know, how keen were they to get involved? How keen were they to to talk? And, you know, and and again, you you just shared kind of in your last answer some of the successes you've seen. But has has that been a long process to get that kind of vendor buy-in or were they all really keen to be talking to enterprises? No, they, um, it was a really easy lift uh, to bring uh, the vendor community in. Uh, the first one at Fidelity, we only invited 10 startup companies. And, um, and what was key about the startup companies is that they struggle to navigate and to have access to the kinds of companies that are represented at ONU. So that was really easy for them. Um, and that started. Um, but then once we did that, a lot of the larger vendors felt like they were being left out. It's like, well, why aren't we invited to be um, to be part of this community? Uh, and they were right. Um, and so, um, so the next one was held at um, J.P. Morgan. Um, and so uh, at J.P. Morgan, we invited um, the larger vendor community, and they've been there ever since. You know, so um, and I think so. They've uh, at first it takes a little bit of time because like. Um, salespeople are motivated to sell products today and get their commissions today, like within the quarter, where Onug is more of a longer, you know, term, um, longer view uh, of the marketplace. So it's, sometimes it takes a little bit of adjustment, you know, for that. Um, but, um, but the key thing that they find is that now they're engaged in these dialogues that are not transactional, uh, that they're more about a journey. And uh, rather than, okay, something I need to buy tomorrow, if a, if a large um, user needs to buy something tomorrow, they're going to buy it. They need to. They need to support their business. Um, but what's really key is to making sure that that isn't just a one-time deal and that there is actually you know, value that, that continues onward. And I think they get that from Onu. Yeah, and no, I mean, firstly, I think it's you know it, it, it's great to hear that vendors are keen to do that. You know, I think it's it's very easy for us to sit there and think that vendors aren't listening. So I think there's you know it, it, it's great to hear that vendors indeed are listening and are keen to listen. Um, and, and you talked before about some of the success stories you've had. So you know, it, it, what what have been your kind of your, your big value successes that you've seen so far? You know, what what has there been anything that enterprise has brought to to the table that that vendors just were not thinking about and 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 has was a surprise to everybody involved. Yeah, actually, um, you can look at this in two different ways. Um, and uh, one, you can look at it in terms of the things that uh, that we talk about at the conference. So like the next meeting is October 14th and 15th. It's an online conference. There'll be between 3,000 and 5,000 community members attending that one. And 
over the course of the years, the things that we tend to talk about are the things that get implemented, they get built. So for example, like I mentioned the SD-WAN marketplace back in 2012, it didn't exist. But, um, but it, it, it occurred at ONUG. It was a use case that came up at ONUG. Uh, and then all of the vendor community started to focus on that activity. And we were able to help foster, gave permission to, um, provided uh, input around requirements and use cases for that marketplace to develop. And now it's, what, a five or $6 billion marketplace. So the SD-WAN marketplace is really key. The other uh, key, I think, big contribution that ONUG has made is around hybrid cloud. So we started talking about hybrid cloud, I think it was at Columbia University around 2014. Um, and so that kicked off a whole discussion with the cloud providers. And then shortly after that, um, that's when we start to see uh, Microsoft um, Arc come into the marketplace, uh, Atheos from Google. Um, oh, um, not Portal, um, or oh, what's the product name from Amazon? Um, uh, Outpost, uh, Outpost from, uh, from Amazon, IBM Private Cloud. So, um, so we started that marketplace uh, as well. There are key things that we didn't talk about because we didn't really view them as being really important. And so that's also important as well. So for example, like back in this 2012, 2013 timeframe, there was a lot of discussion about white boxes uh, for networking. Um, we looked at that uh, and there was also this hype around this protocol called OpenFlow. So we looked at that, um, we said, eh, not interesting, we're not gonna do it. Um, and so um, we didn't give it permission um, to enter the marketplace and it never did. Uh, the other thing was OpenStack. Uh, we looked at OpenStack um, and we were like, okay, well, do we want to like start having use cases and having discussions about that? And kind of the board was like, well, we don't really have use cases for it. If we do, it's going to be these small little corner cases. So we never did, never took hold, you know, in the, in the large enterprise marketplace. Um, so there are lots of different examples of things that the vendor community really hypes um, and we kind of ignore it because we don't see the value in it. And if that, that's as big of an indicator as anything. And I didn't realize that at the kind of beginning of the journey of ONUG, but now it's like, like, hey, if it's not, we're not talking about it, if it's not into the program, then it's not important. Um, and it's, it's going to have a hard time to be successful. So I think those are a couple of examples. Yeah, and I, th I, th I think that's a really, you know, they're really important examples because actually that idea of, of what you don't talk about as opposed to just what you do, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to look at the big successes. But, you know, I, th I think that's a constant balance that the industry has, the, you know, the industry that we're a part of, you know, and, and, and in my day job, I, I, I kind of work for a, a consultancy firm, you know, so, so we do data management consultancy. And um, so it's very easy to get lost between, the, the vendor hype if you like at one end and it's not always hype that that that, that sounds like a you know not, not even a backhanded compliment does it? it's, not, it's not not a compliment in, a, in any way um and the real challenge is that the the customers are seeing at the other end and sometimes you feel there's a disconnect you know so it's so it, it, it's great to see sometimes as well that there's organizations there with enough influence to to kind of push back on some of the you know some of the things that vendors are are looking at um you know an open stack's a really interesting case of that you know there's a lots and lots of vendor talk around that you know there's lots of vendors involving themselves in the open stack community contributing to it coming up with open stack solutions 
but it, it I, I guess it's as valuable for them as it is for the enterprise community for some for a group of you know influential companies to turn around and say it's just not of interest to us and perhaps this is why you know i'm, I'm guessing it's not just people saying no we just don't want to hear about that there's proper feedback going back and saying actually we don't want to hear about it and here's our reasons why we don't want you know i, I take it that's kind of the normal normal form of that takes yeah and you know and some um we had some sponsors that were heavily invested in openstack and um you know we let them know the, um, the kind of the view and they were upset and you know, um, they didn't. Um, they decided to disengage with the community, and you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, um, we started using the term. You know, um, like you got open stacked. You know, um, because it's like um, the vendor community poured a huge amount of money um, into that project. The hype level was off the chart uh, as well. If you all, you know, kind of everyone in the audience kind of remembers that in kind of the 2015, I guess, like time frame, And then it just precipitously, boom, dropped. And so, um, I, like I said, I think that's a really, and not to kind of pick on OpenStack, but I think that's, it talks volumes of why Onug is here and what the value of Onug offers to the community. It avoids cul-de-sacs, making investments in technologies that just not gonna work. Even though it has a wrapper of open, or an open source project, you know, it doesn't matter if it doesn't deliver value um, and there aren't good use cases, it's just not going to go anywhere. And we're really good at call on that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I get it. No, Nobody wants to be told the baby's ugly, do they? So that's, um, that's always the case. So, so the, I mean, that's been an interesting kind of look at what you've done so far and kind of a little bit about why you exist and where you came from. Um, so, you know, before we started recording, we talked about some of the issues that you're seeing today, the things that enterprises are bringing to ONU to say, these are the kind of areas we're interested in to find out what the what the technology industry is doing to help with this. Um, you know, and I suppose that big ticket thing right now is, is around kind of this where digital transformation, words, digital transformation. So, you know, so, so, so what is the kind of stuff that we're seeing coming to Onug now? You know, what, what do we, what would we expect here with the conference coming in October? You know, what, what are the key issues that you're seeing that the enterprises, both large and midsize are, are really coming across now? Yeah, I think the, the key thing that happened, um, you know, in the, in the spring timeframe, we had our, um, our meeting in the spring, uh, everyone was reacting to COVID, um, right. And, building out remote workforces and making sure that everyone was connected um, and then scrambling, I think that's probably an accurate term, scrambling to get to service um, their customers, their partners and suppliers digitally, right? Um, what happened with COVID is that now you also had to service your employees digitally. Um, and so um, that got ramped up, you know, uh, in haste. And a lot of folks made bad decisions. Um, and so we're going to talk about that um, coming up in the fall timeframe. But I think the big thing, the big picture that happened um, with, with COVID was that now business and digital strategy are one. It used to be that, okay, this is our business strategy, and this is how our digital strategy is going to support that. That is so old-fashioned thinking. Now it's really, they are so tightly interwoven and integrated uh, into each other. And if you haven't really, uh, from an executive level and from a board level, have uh, kind of come to that realization, then you're going to be left behind. Because companies, there's, there's a massive breakaway that's going on right now. You see that with Walmart and Target as a good example. The biggest example you see is Tesla with the automotive industry as well. Um, 
all of the those companies that were digital or have made significant investments in being digital are now breaking away from their non-digital um, you know peers uh, or competitors. So the first day we're going to really talk about that convergence of both um, um, digital strategy and digital and and um, business strategy, how they've come together, uh, and then what um, you need in terms of leadership and strategy and direction and culture within an organization, skill sets, reorganization. So we'll talk a lot about that uh, during the first day. The second day is um, how do you build? Um, kind of both, we, we are now focused on uh, the enterprise cloud. But we think that's really just a first step, you know, um, in really being a digital enterprise. So you need kind of to embrace cloud technologies, both public cloud as well as private cloud technologies. Uh, and then you start to layer on AI and machine learning uh, around business processes, not just around IT. Um, and how do you better add value for all the interactions that you have with customers, partners, suppliers, and clearly now employees. How do you get automation and efficiency uh, into large organizations? So the second day is really going to be around building. And I think one area, so to kind of drill down on that part for a second, the industry, um, the infrastructure industry, so compute storage and networking, uh, part of our industry, which is a massively large uh, group, that um, we're, we've kind of made this transition, and this is something that that Onig has been advocating as well. We went from buying boxes, you know, so switches, routers, load balancing, firewalls, all of these boxes, and we put them into data centers or into branch offices. We we went from that to virtualized boxes, right? So um. Oh, um, soft switches as a good example, like firewalls as modules and code and load balancers as code. So uh, we've kind of made that transition. The transition that we're now about to make is that infrastructure becomes a set of library uh, tools uh, that developers can call upon. Um, and when, you know, we're just starting that transition and that transition has a real fundamental impact on both how um, IT delivers uh, digital value for their businesses and how uh, the vendor community serves those businesses as well. And so we'll be spending a good amount of time about that uh, during, um, during the two days also. So there's a whole bunch of sessions all around those two major topics. Great number of speakers, probably the best lineup of speakers we've ever had uh, at an ONUG as well. The largest community gathering that we've ever had or will ever have, not will ever have, but <laughs> ever had will be in October as well. So let me stop there and see if there's like, you know, um, something we want to drill down on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot to unpack, um, I think is, uh, is, is fair to say there. So, you know, I mean, I'm firstly that, 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 that sounds like a really interesting couple of days, you know, and, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap up in, in a few minutes around how people maybe can find out more, maybe, maybe be a part of that session. Like say it's online, it's, it's available for, for people to access and, and maybe a first chance for some people to get to, to, to an event they perhaps wouldn't be able to attend normally. Um, but so, so there's a couple of things that really stood out for me. I think one, one of the things that you talked about kind of in that first part, and I think it's hugely important as we move into this kind of stage of what people grandly call called digital transformation how it's not just a technology thing though you know that that importance of culture and, and how we change the way our businesses operate how our people operate you know and, and even the way that we think about technology you know that idea that 
business and technology strategies cannot be separate. You know, I spend a lot of time talking to organizations about the importance of data strategies, for example, today. You know, the idea that you need to build strategies focus on the data and information not about how do i build a storage array put data on it and then give that back to the business and say do your best you know that's that's not how modern modern it and, and business strategy and data strategy should be working and but the, the, the thing i kind of wanted to just maybe just pick up on before before we uh, wrap up because i appreciate we're, we're starting to run a little short on time um but so, so one of the things i kind of wanted to pick up on though was that idea about the, the the second day that kind of uh, developing of infrastructure and building that digital kind of digital transform digital platforms for kind of modern business um have you seen there been a shift in how people are thinking about that because we obviously we've talked about covid and we've you know we've done the elephants in the room kind of conversation um and, and you know and no doubt that has changed how businesses are thinking of the of the way their digital platforms are developing but are you seeing that there's a big change in the way that people are looking to architect solutions or, or are you just seeing things that were going to happen anyway just being accelerated uh, accelerated accelerated um yeah because we've been talking about this for for a number of years. Um, and I think there's um, the first real phase around digital transformation is to kind of uh, adopt cloud technologies, DevOps best practices. Um, DevOps in the large enterprise is a totally different beast than DevOps that we would normally think about, you know, first of all. you know, So uh, DevOps is being deployed very, very differently in large organizations because normally you, you have a dev group and you have an ops group. And they don't mix too well within large enterprise. A lot of process, you know, there. Um, but anyway, to get to your point, uh, Paul, um, is that we've seen an acceleration. It's probably about almost like a 10 to 1, meaning that what would normally take 10 years is now being done, like, within one year. The thinking, anyway, has been totally accelerated. The deployment is lagging because of just skill sets, culture, organization, um, being able to kind of uh, consume and build uh, solutions. So I think the biggest thing um, in the near term is that in the first part of the year, it was all about remote workforce and getting everybody up and running on remote workforces. In the second part of the year, the transition that occurred um, is many had viewed um, kind of a public cloud as an efficiency play. Meaning that, okay, I might be able to get more agility if I go to the cloud. I might be able to save some money if I go to the cloud. But that was definitely a fool's errand on the saving of the money. You know? um, but, the, but, but in essence, it was really thought about, okay, efficiency. That's totally changed. It's really now that is the business platform you know, now. And so how do you kind of accelerate uh, moving applications uh, into the cloud, whether that's lifting and shifting or, you know, rip and replace or, uh, or rewriting, what have you. So there's a lot of that kind of thinking um, being accelerated right now within the large, uh, within large enterprise. The biggest uh, consequence, I think, to that is that data centers are being hollowed out. So um, one discussion, one topic that we'll have at ONU is that actually, what do you leave? in a data center, you know, today. So Intuit is a really good example. Um, they recently shut down all of their data centers um, and that the only thing they have left might be like one or two routers, you know, um, that's really it. You know, all of that hardware is gone. So um, so there's, there's a whole new thinking about, okay, we have now um, the, the, the thinking that uh, employees are gonna be staying either remote 
or they're going to be highly distributed in these distributed kind of pockets. We see that across a lot of the, the community, like in the pharmaceutical uh, companies, a lot of them are selling their campuses. All right. And so like they have no intention of bringing people back, but they are, but they're going to be renting out um, WeWorks. Uh, facilities in particular locations. So you have now the aggregation of people going into WeWork spaces or staying at home. And so if you look at that, then that talks to a whole new kind of architecture. Uh, and we're calling that um, elastic uh, infrastructure. And so that talks towards 5G, um, towards um, edge computing uh, within those, those facilities, zero trust, um, for access, the confluence of security and networking um, is occurring. Uh, is occurring there. Um, the the utility or the value of the co-locale, co co the co There we go. Colos, um, like Equinix and others, um, is um, is becoming now in question. Do you really need them? So um, so there's a real hollowing out, you know, of both the large, um, both in terms of data centers and also in the traditional ways that you would connect into the cloud as well. So um, that's part of the construction, you know, is to make the infrastructure really elastic, being able to access the tools uh, that the cloud providers are doing, um, get your, whatever you're doing in your data center, um, suck out all of that kind of business logic that was encoded in firewalls and load balances and routers and all that infrastructure stuff, and put that into overlays so that your applications can more freely move uh, as well. So anyway, um, I don't want to kind of, hopefully I'm not droning on, you know, but those are the, some of the key things that we're going to be talking about uh, during the two days. And, and, and I think everything you've described there sounds like the last six months of conversations I've been having inside of enterprises, you know, all of those things that we're talking about, you know, how do we re-architect for, for the future, whatever the future is going to look like? How do we learn from what we've we've been doing? You know, I think that, you know, if if nothing else, we should have learned a lot and it would be a pity not to take advantage of that stuff. And I think, as you say, lots of, lots of companies aren't looking to necessarily roll back, but some of them might be looking at some rolling back, but taking the good stuff and, and kind of driving that forward. Um, and, and those conversations around, you know, what do we do with data centers as we as we leave them? You know, what what do we do with the stuff that we're leaving in them? You know, how do we make sure that main, that's maintained, continues to operate, continues to deliver what we need it to? You know, and and how all, all of those kind of conversations, I think, you know, are, are, are really valuable. And and if ever, you know, if people have not come across ONU before, and, and I know I hadn't till we've, till we've had this conversation, uh, the timing doesn't sound like it could be any better to to kind of come across the organisation now. So, well, look as as, as we look to wrap up, uh, it. It's, it's probably a great time to do that. So, so how do people find out more about kind of uh, Onug? Maybe because how the, how they perhaps get involved in that community, uh, and of course, the event you've been talking about. How do how do they find out about that? How do they how do they join up to that? Yeah, um, just go to uh, fall.onug.net. So um, f a l l dot o n u g dot net, um, and you can register for free um, for the two days. It's one thing that we've done moving everything to a virtual event. Um, is that we opened up the community to the largest number of people possible by dropping the barrier of entry um, to become part of the community. So, um, so we invite you all to come on in, um, come in for one session, two sessions, the two days, you know, whatever uh, works for you, wherever you find value in the program, just consume that. Um, and I think that's the first thing, kind of experience one. Uh, and then once you experience one, you want to get involved into the working groups, you can just easily sign up to the working groups and, and start to get involved and get engaged um, there. 
Um, one big initiative that I didn't mention, um, if I, if you don't mind, if I, if I can take, you know, a couple of seconds, um, is that we started a collaborative. It's called the Onu Collaborative, and that was founded by myself um, and the CISOs of FedEx, uh, Cigna, um, and Raytheon. And um, that collaborative is now focused on one of the biggest obstacles to cloud consumption in the large enterprise, and that's governance. How do you control that? How do you control information and data? How do you control the cost um, of a cloud sprawl uh, that is going on across many uh, organizations? So that's a really important project um, for us. We uh, kicked off a working group in December called the Automated Cloud uh, Governance Working Group. So how do you automate this governance? What kind of data do we need from the cloud providers? Um, so we published a report on that, um, and now uh, we just kicked off the second phase, and we invited all the cloud providers uh, to engage. And so now we have uh, Goldman Sachs has joined, Pfizer, um, J.P. Morgan Chase, um, oh, I'm sure I'm missing um, Casa Permanente. I'm sure there's a few others uh, as well. So that's a really important um um, project that we're doing uh, for the community and it will spill over into the industry at large. So we hope to like make some real good contributions there um, uh, as well. Yeah, and, and again, it's, it, it's a, it, it's an issue whose time has come for far more organizations far more quickly than they might have otherwise expe expected. They may have been, you know, they may have had cloud projects that were 18, 24 months away. Suddenly they're now three months away you know or they're they're now they're live so you know yeah. governing that managing cost managing information security managing sprawl you know all, all of those things are, are huge issues and you know and, and i think because of the scale of cloud things like automating those solutions you know finding good frameworks to, to build those solutions in are, are going to be hugely important um, and i think just as, as, as we wrap up you know maybe, maybe as a comment from me you know i'm a, i'm a huge advocate of the importance of kind of community i think i, I talk to a lot of people who are in senior it roles and one of their biggest challenges is who do I speak to you know we said this kind of early on in the show that you know they're the people who work for them expect them to know everything the people who employ them expect them to know everything that ability to build kind of relationships with your peer group is, is hugely important but I think adding the vendors into the mix and giving the vendors and the, the enterprises the opportunity to discuss in, information together and share ideas together again it, it i i feel must have huge value so um you know uh, and so I, I would absolutely i know i'm going to be checking out the the onuk sessions in october um you know if, if i can do more than one or two i certainly will be um so, so i'm looking forward to doing that but nick before we wrap up you know if people want to kind of follow up with you find out a little bit more about kind of what you do today today can they do that social media linkedin email etc yeah, I'm I'm kind of all over the place there, you know. Uh, so um, clearly, I'm on uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, just search, you know, on Google. I'm sure you'll be able to find me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll be able to hunt you down. Uh, and if not, head over to the Onug uh, community site and. Uh, yeah, people will yeah. definitely be finding there. Well, Nick, look, hey, thanks for being on Tech Interviews. Really enjoyed it. I think you know it, it, it's really interesting work that the organisation is doing, that the that user group's doing, and uh, long may success continue. So, thanks for being on Tech Interviews, and uh, hopefully, have you on again sometime in the future. Awesome, great, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening and for being a part of the uh, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you'd like to appear as a guest on Tech Interviews or have an idea for a show, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. 
If you want to make sure you catch the next edition of Tech Interviews, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe on our YouTube channel and, of course, in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.